Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, what's good? It's another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. In a quick moment, we will be joined by Brandon Huffman. He's a national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports to discuss all the latest in the recruiting world as games across the country are postponed and canceled. The college football season has been shaky throughout the week, but recruiting is still going strong. We are about five weeks away from the early signing period in the middle of December, so you've got a lot to catch up on over at 24-7 Sports. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate us. Please review us. If you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a recruiting question, you've got a chance to have it answered on an upcoming mailbag episode by one of our analysts on the 24-7 Sports team. Who would have thought, but it's week 11 of the college football season and this is the kickoff according to a report by dennis dodd of cbs sports the ncaa football oversight committee has recommended that the football recruiting dead period be extended an additional three and a half months to the middle of april now what does this mean for recruiting in the 2021 class it sounds like the early signing period will go as planned next month and the traditional signing day will also happen in february an extension of the recruiting dead period through the middle of april would mean that for 13 months there would be no face-to-face contact between coaches and recruits making this without question one of the most unique recruiting cycles of all time Joining us now on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast is the National Recruiting Editor for 24-7 Sports, Brandon Huffman, who, by the way, I'm, I'm supposed to see you this week, Huff. Yes, sir. It's been a long time coming. I think the last time we saw each other was in, in pre-corona times. Um, I feel like you came out to Southern California for an Under Armour camp. And yeah. yep, and and it was one of those things where it was like, hey, you know, uh, we'll see you next week, and then it, that's how it is every recruiting cycle. Uh, I see you basically more than I see my wife on, on weekends, um, but I haven't seen you since February. It's weird to say that. It's awful, you know. It's been a void that I've been trying to fill in other ways, and now that void will be filled this weekend. Finally, here in Southern California, in God's country, as you like to to call it. Yes, Huff, sir. Huff, there's been obviously some big news this week that was uh, scooped or, or kind of broken by Dennis Dodd over at CBS Sports. And it is the fact that the NCAA Division I Council is expected to vote next week 
to extend the dead period even further to mid-April. So it would extend it another four months or so. Uh, Right now, as things stand, the recruiting dead period has been pushed through uh, the end of the year. Um, And, you know, dating back, speaking of February, it's been a a thing that has been on the table since early this year. So the class of 2021, as, as it stands now, it doesn't look like they will be able to take official visits. You know, this was a year where the NCAA thought with literally no real backing to get rid of the month of February for any kind of on-campus visits. And, you know, keep in mind, if people that follow recruiting, they know February is a crucial month. You obviously have the National Signing Day with the early signing period really taking over in December over the last three cycles. February is kind of, let's get our bearings straight. Let's get our final guys that we need to get in. But let's really ramp up the following class. Let's do junior days. Let's do, you know, meet and greets. Let's get guys on campus. If we have spring football, get them there to watch a couple practices. So they wiped out all of February. And other than about a 12-day window, you have a lot of schools that have never had recruits on campus. Or they were planning to do it late in spring, maybe when their own spring practice started. And because of the NCAA making February a dead period, you get that 12-day window. Now we're at about a 13-month from the time the NCAA set the first dead period in the middle of March, kind of hastily set it to what has now been set for or looking like it'll be set for April 15th. That's a 13 month span when coaches were not allowed to go on the road for the spring, go to camps in the summer, go to games in the fall, do in-homes in January. And that's a 13 month span that recruits are not able to even unofficially visit schools and meet with coaches. And schools were irritated by the February inclusion this year and Obviously, nobody foresaw a pandemic coming, but it just kind of showed you didn't need to fix what wasn't really broken. And now we're seeing more fallout as a result of that. Yeah, I don't know if there would be so many, I guess, recruits that were wondering had they seen enough, right? Because in February, like you mentioned, and in those first couple of weeks of March, it's so important for them to get out on the road and check out some schools. You mentioned the junior days. That's be, become a staple of a recruiting calendar. Um, I, I know out West, uh, a program like USC had a big junior day. Oregon had a big junior day, and that netted them a handful of commitments once everything really shut down. Because they were able, you know, they had the foresight, I guess, kind of eerily that they got all essentially all their top targets up to Eugene. And now we're seeing it pay off because they have a top five class and and they essentially sweeped through all all their targets out West. Now, you know, this is pretty interesting because there's a quote in here from Dennis Dodd um, who who, who spoke to Dan Mullen, the Florida coach. and, And Dan Mullen wondered if in the future, do they even let the coaches ever out on the road again? Now I'm gonna I'm not gonna be that grim. I think it's gonna happen eventually. But he brings up a good point because the NCAA could point to Zoom calls, can point to video conferencing, can can point to all the virtual stuff, uh, and can even point to the fact that recruits are now able to send video of themselves working out for evaluations, uh, send out testing data, send out their film from their season. So everything has been done electronically here for this 2021 class and even further for the 2022 group and the 2023 guys that haven't, you know, at some point maybe not been even 
not even been able to meet with with coaches. Um, I'm not going to go quite that far. I, f- I feel like Dan Mullen um, is being a little bit dramatic, um, but it is something to to kind of monitor because maybe they don't take that fully away, but they could, you know, essentially maybe trim things down. Well, and I think that you're going to see a lot of schools just from a financial standpoint. They're going to see: Do we really need to be on the road those entire six weeks in the April and fifteenth or April and May spring evaluation periods? Do we really need to send all of our coaches just to have them visible at camps that are at Division two or Division three schools, and maybe they're the draw? Will they spend as much time on the road in the fall during bye weeks or after the season's over and doing in-home visits? I think you're going to see a tightening of the belt in that sense, but I still think that. There is so much value in coaches going on the road during the spring evaluation period to watch guys work out, whether it's work, watching them work out in spring football, whether it's watching them work out, you know, when they're running track, maybe playing baseball, whatever it may be that they're doing during the spring. And more importantly, for those coaches, just be able to eyeball a kid where a kid maybe self-reports he's 6'2", 225, and they get out there and they see he's six foot 200. That's going to have a huge ramification on the kids recruiting. And I think because we're seeing so many guys committing this year sight unseen, both they're not seeing the school they're committing to, and these coaches aren't getting a chance to see the guys they're taking commitments from, you're going to see a push for coaches to get back on the road as soon as they practically can when the NCAA opens things up, because they still want to do that. But I do think where I agree with Dan Malone is I think there is going to be a, a maybe a lesser push to get coaches on the road, because I think from a financial standpoint, schools are not going to be able to afford to just so easily send coaches on the road. I think that maybe the days of, you know, coaches and you and I've talked about this on our old podcast, West of the rest, when you were in Arizona and you saw the, the helicopter that I can't remember who the player was, but there was a helicopter that went and saw multiple players. You know, you always talked about the private jets that coaches jump on for in-home visits in December and into January. Are we going to see those kind of go away because schools are going to have to be more fiscally responsible. Uh, But I do think that there's still going to be the need to get on the road, at least in some capacity to get a full in-person evaluation of these guys that you are really, you know, promising four or five years of a very lucrative and valuable scholarship to. It was ASU, former ASU coach, Todd Graham, who's now at Hawaii, he was up in the in the devil copter hopping from game to game, uh, not having to worry about the traffic there in the Phoenix area. Um, but yeah, it, it, and that brings up a good point. I, I've spoken to a, a Mountain West recruiting assistant and, and he mentioned, hey, this pandemic has opened our eyes, you know, not only from a budget standpoint, because they were able to to really save a lot of money this year, not having to go out on the road and, and doing all that. But it, 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 it essentially has leveled the playing field. Every school now has the same amount uh, of time in a day and they don't have the luxury of being able to travel. And, and while some schools have a bigger budget for, for all that travel, for the airfare, for, you know, the constant stops at, at different schools, um, you know, now everyone is, is essentially on the same playing field. And I think, you know, it could create some, some interesting scenarios in, in recruiting. We're going to be back here with more on the 24 seven sports football recruiting podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, I am Blair Angulo, joined by Brandon Huffman, National Recruiting Editor for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Brandon Huffman, and he will give you, you know, maybe some Laker takes on his Twitter account. You are a world champion now, Brandon Huffman. How does it feel? Oh, it feels good. It, you know, I still got to say 2002 feels better than 1988 and 2020, but, you know, I'm grasping at straws. All that matters is Lakers numero 17. You know, you, you called it on this podcast. You, you said that they would win it in, in five. Um, but you wouldn't be surprised if they won it in six. Now it, it feels like the NBA season is about to start up again, um, and unless there are some cancellations. That, I mean, there's been cancellations across the board in college football this week, but there was the return of something that's very near and dear to our hearts last weekend, and that was Pac-12 football. Minus two games, of course, because, you know, COVID and, and such. But uh, the, the, the return of Pac-12 football also brought – a sense of I want to say relief to a lot of recruits that are committed to Pac-12 schools I gathered thoughts from commits for for all the schools that took that took the field that were in action and I think for them it was a a, an assurance of sorts because they weren't able to take visits this year and, and they weren't able to meet with with coaches in person but to see the teams on the field I think brought it a different type of joy well, and I think when you see the Mountain West beating the Pac-12 to play by two weeks, that even added just more salt into the wound. So I, it kind of felt like things are right. I wonder if we're going to see the 9 a.m. kickoffs happen, you know, when fans are back allowed in the stadium. But that, you know, how, how cool is it to wake up on Saturday morning? People don't understand how lucky we are on the West Coast. In a normal recruiting, I'm sorry, in a normal college football season, we get games starting at 9 o'clock. And with Pac-12 after dark, usually at 7.45 on an ESPN game, you're finishing this the day at 11.15, 11.30. So you get a good 14, 15 hours. And that's how Saturday worked out. You had Arizona State USC in the morning. You had a couple of games in the afternoon. Uh, you had what was it? It was UCLA and Colorado. And who was the other game? Oh, Stanford and Oregon. And then that night you had Washington State and Oregon State. So that was nice. It would have been, you know, great to have another Pac-12 after dark game. Washington and Cal supposed to be playing Utah and Arizona. But it's now feeling like the completion of the circle of life in football that the Pac-12 has finally seen themselves get back on the field, only to see that there's a couple of schools right now that are in jeopardy of not playing this weekend. Yeah, and obviously I think – 
from a recruiting standpoint, it, it was important for the conference not to fall behind even further than, than a lot of the other conferences. We've talked about how the top prospects uh, across the West region are being plucked by the ACC, by the SEC. We're seeing some standout freshmen put put on some good performances and these are players that typically would go to a USC would go to to Oregon would go to a, a Washington uh out west and uh, you know for the conference to get back on the field I think it, it's it's good news uh if they had waited until January I mean I don't know if this season ever even takes place and uh, you you know you, you're essentially burning uh your your whole database of recruits in your own states that you're trying to get. So I know a, a lot of the coaches and a lot of the recruiting staffs across the West Coast in those Pac-12 programs are happy to be back. And obviously, we're still waiting for a couple other programs to get going and, and fight off uh, the positive tests. But I think recruits are, are certainly taking notice. And, and recruits, uh, like Corey Foreman, are also trying to take measures into their own into their own hands, Huff. Yeah, you know, and he has been able to get out and check out a few schools. Uh, but he was supposed to get down to the Bayou this weekend and go check out LSU, where I believe that the crystal ball is on LSU right now for him getting to get down there for the LSU-Alabama game. And, again, that just shows you what a time we're living in, where in normal years the LSU-Alabama game might be the biggest recruiting spectacle in college football each and every year because those two teams play all the time. Usually it's in mid-November, so high school seasons are coming to an end. You get a lot more guys have the flexibility to get on the road, and that's always a a a who's who of top recruits. And so even without the NCAA allowing recruits on campus, in theory, there is still – if you get tickets, you can go watch the game, and this is going to give him an opportunity to go down there. And now with that game's postponement, you're not going to see that visit. And so even the – you know, the creativity of players to try to get on the road and see schools, even those are coming under, not really, not coming under fire, but they're coming under, you know, just the impossible task of knowing what games are going to be played from week to week. And so I, I think now with this news, and I, and I will say this, the NCAA finally coming out and extending the dead period once and for all for the 2021 class and, and really for the 2022 and 23s, if you really want to get down to it, but now knowing that visits won't be taken until April 15th with the unseeming, uh, with it not seeming like there's going to be any kind of movement on the December signing period or the February signing period, it makes it much more crystal clear to recruits. This is what you're going to have to do. If you want to see these schools, you're going to have to go out on the road on your own. You can't talk to the coaches. You can't really see the facilities, but you kind of have to take matters into your own hand because there just does not look to be any kind of promising news hanging over, you know, and being potentially down the road. We've seen all American games get canceled. We've seen high school seasons get canceled and postponed games getting canceled. And, you know, the 2021 class just can't seem to get a break whatsoever. You know, I, I do think, and I, and I will commend the NCA for, for being proactive in this because we're about a month away until the early signing period. And, and this does give recruits at least a warning, right? It, it sounds the alarms and it says, hey, you know, there might not be visits until the spring. That's, that's what we're lining up for. And so if a recruit is not ready to sign early in the middle of December, that at least gives him 
a bit more time to potentially get on the road and check out schools on his own. Now, the dead period obviously restricts in-person contact, in-person meetings, face-to-face meetings with coaches, and and and, and you know, but it, recruits are now restricted from going and taking visits on their own, checking things out by themselves with their family members, having an itinerary from the staff, and, and making sure they know which spots on campus to hit. So I, I'm, I'm going to be interested personally to see how this affects the early signing period. Are we going to see a lesser amount of recruits sign early knowing that there will be no visits anyway? So they might as well drag it out and go check things out and, and or maybe buy themselves some time. Or will we see even more recruits sign because there is no hope for a visit later on and they might as well just jump on the offer that they have or, or lock up their spot in the recruiting class. I think it could go either way. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to be really interested to see what it looks like next month. I think you're right, but I also think this is going to push the, the discussions that have happened over the last few months about the one-time transfer with no sit-out penalty. Obviously, we've already got uncertainty and you know what roster sizes are going to look like with these years essentially not counting, but I think this is going to really force the NCAA's hand to say basically, hey, we, we screwed you guys, but you wouldn't let you visit anywhere for 13 months, but we are going to institute this you know, ASAP that if you do transfer, you can play automatically without having to sit out a year, without having to file a waiver, without having to hire Tom Mars to try to get you in the immediate eligibility. I think we're going to see, you know, you thought the NCAA portal has been busy the last couple of years. It ain't seen nothing yet to what we're going to see in a year from now with so many guys being, and the reality is guys aren't making hasty decisions. There's a lot of pressure from these college programs to get these guys to commit and then the even deeper pressure to say in December, you need to sign then or your spot's gone. So I think the pressure coming from the top is forcing a lot of guys to make decisions to commit. It's going to make them decide to sign in December. In, in some cases, guys are being forced to feel like they have to skip their senior year if they're in a state that the season got pushed back so they can get on campus as soon as possible. So if the NCAA doesn't at least adjust on the fly, maybe it's a one-time thing, but maybe it's a long-term play that I think everybody benefits from a one-time transfer this is if there was ever a year for them to really adjust that it's got to be in the 2021 22 season because there's going to be a lot of guys that realize they got buyer's remorse that a zoom call that a virtual tour didn't quite give them the full experience like they had hoped but it was of no fault of their own yeah think of all the recruits that are going to sign next month during the early signing period that never actually stepped foot on that campus. I mean, it, it it's truly going to be mind-blowing, and it's going to be, like you said, I think they need to give them at least a year leeway to, to make sure that that was the right choice for them, give them no penalty if they decide to transfer, um, and then try to figure things out from, from there because we're living in unique times, and, and those are unique circumstances, and I think uh, all the recruits would would you know obviously uh, appreciate that uh, in terms of you know how their process played out. Brandon, it's been a pleasure. It's obviously great to hear your voice, and it's going to be great to see your face this weekend. Can't wait, Blair. All right, that was Brandon Huffman. You can follow him on Twitter at Brandon Huffman. He is the national recruiting editor for Twenty Four Seven Sports. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy Week Eleven of the college football season and check back with us next week. We've got a rankings update. We're going to refresh the top 24 seven for the class of 2021.
Cup for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.